What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another Best Of. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. And for those of you who weren't able to listen to every podcast that I did this week, don't worry. I'm not too mad about it. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not mad. Just disappointed. But I still got you covered. We got you every week here with a Best Of where I'm going to give you a taste of everything that was in the podcast feed, starting with this week's Raw Roundup. Becky Lynch made her entrance through the crowd. She called out Bailey, tells Bailey she peaked in 2015. Bailey comes uh Bailey comes out. Uh Bailey says that Becky's call-up spot should have been hers back then, and everything that's happened to her since should have happened to Bailey. Becky says no to that and reminds Bailey that she was just another body when she was called up. Bailey stayed in NXT, however, to get her own spotlight. But Becky worked harder than everyone else and rode it all the way to the main event of WrestleMania. Becky says, when Bailey isn't the focal point, she just whines and blames everyone else. But in reality, it's her own fault. Bailey says the only reason Becky became the man is because she got punched in the face by another woman, which causes Becky to challenge Bailey to a steel cage match. Next week on Raw 30. This was very good. I really enjoyed this. If you watched NXT in that time period, you'll appreciate this whole thing. If not, hmm, you might have been a little lost. A little bit. By this point, I think most people are aware of the history of the Four Horsewomen. But I think, you know, sometimes I think about like someone like my dad. And whether he would follow what is really, like, the subtext of what they're actually referring to here. And I'm not sure my dad would really have, like, been deeply invested in that. But for for the fans who have been watching, who, who did care about all of that then, who have followed the Four Horsewomen's career, which is probably, probably a lot at this point. It was very entertaining. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. I'm someone who has followed the whole Four Horse Women's story from beginning to now. I'm someone who watched NXT at that time period. I, I, I enjoy the, the history being woven in because I like when you blend reality and fiction. So for me, I really enjoyed this. I thought they were both putting out you know good quality lines towards each other. I felt like Becky... Maybe got the the better of this one. Um, But I'm kind of surprised that these two haven't been confirmed for the Royal Rumble yet. Um, We've only got like four, you know, of this rating. There's only been like, I think, four women announced for the Royal Rumble. Um, So hopefully it gets announced before or after the Steel Cage match next week. Because much like Cody got announced beforehand... I think the women's Royal Rumble needs a, maybe like a little bit of star name power attached to it. And that's not to diss the four women who are already involved whatsoever. But I think that like, I feel like by the end of Raw, we had like 10 people now confirmed for the Royal Rumble on the men's side. And not as many or anywhere near that on the women's side. Maybe I feel like even more than 10. I feel like maybe like 15 or something like that. Um, and not as many on the women's side. So, um... I'm thinking. I don't think that these two are going to be in another match a few days later after the cage match, like a singles match between each other. You'd think that this whole feud is to kind of been 
building up towards the women's Royal Rumble because it's been one of the, you know, it's been the main women's feud and there's no title attached to it. You'd think both women want that main event of WrestleMania spot. Uh, so I know that we're all probably just assuming they're going to be in the match. But like I said, we were all assuming Cody was going to be in the match too, and that would have been an actual surprise. So um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out which way to go here. I just think that they should have been announced by now um, so that we know they're going to be in the match and we know that this is like a feud of people that are gunning towards the Royal Rumble. Maybe that's just me, but I regardless – Really enjoyed this segment because I'm the guy who was watching NXT back then. I'm the one who enjoys the Four Horsewomen, uh, who has been a huge fan of theirs. So, uh, or I was a huge fan of all theirs. Ali <laughs> uh, approaches Dolph Ziggler after this while he's warming up. I'm speaking of warm, we got a sip here. My, I can hear my voice. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations, or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, They've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Mustafa Ali keeps calling Dolph out for getting more opportunities than him. But Dolph says he doesn't have time for this. So Ali hits him in the back of the head, as one does when they say they don't have time for you. And someone tells you that, I, I say fair game. <laughs> don't take that advice. If there's one thing you've... There's one thing... I can tell you from today's episode is don't take any of my advice when it comes to real life related things, except for subscribing to the podcast, following WWE on Fox, listening to the Raw Smackdown roundups, listening to the Royal Rumble prediction show when we put it out. Those are things you should listen to me on, but when it comes to real life advice, just, just ignore me today. Just ignore me today. I'm a mess. I'm all over the place. I... I had a very long weekend. I had a friend's baby shower. Went to Disneyland the next day. Uh, it was raining at some point at Disneyland. Uh, didn't get home till late. Had to wake up early to pick up my dogs. Get to the studio to record the next out of character. It's been a lot, guys. That's why my voice needs these sippies of water. So please just understand me. But all that being said, 
someone hits you in the back of the head, you're going to want to, excuse me, if someone says they don't have time for you, you're going to want to hit them in the back of the head. The bigger take from this, though, is not how tired I am. The bigger take here is this seems like a heel turn for Ali. And I get it. It actually makes a lot of sense. His character has been getting tossed around, disrespected, beaten up, not getting opportunities. You know, he's had a rough go these past few months, his character. And I don't think that those constant beatdowns were really getting people on his side. I think that what they were doing is helping other people out. But now I, I would like to see a sustained push for Mustafa, for Mustafa Ali. So I hope that that's what this signifies. I'd like him to get some more screen time. The guy is great on the microphone. He kills it. I hope this means he's getting more time as a heel character. We'll have to wait and see, though. We'll see where that goes. Elias comes out for his match next. Then MVP, who introduces the supposed 2023 Royal Rumble winner, a returning Amos. While on the outside of the ring at one point, MVP stopped Elias with his cane. Then Elias got his guitar, but almost took him down, then broke the guitar. Elias tried to fight back at this point with three jumping knees to the face. But Amos brushed it off, brushed it off, brushed it off, and hit his finisher directly after for the win. My biggest confusion here was why not save Amos for the Royal Rumble? Could a possible Hurt Business reunion be happening sooner, maybe? It kind of feels like it may happen without MVP this time, based on how the former guys are reacting to his presence. But I gotta say. They keep pulling away some of these potential surprises or returns at the Rumble. And it makes me wonder if something is big planning. It, it's, that wasn't even English. It makes me wonder if something, if something big is being planned for the Royal Rumble. Cody's not a surprise. Moss isn't a surprise. Um, those are two things that, you know, would have made headlines to some degree. You know, well, one bigger than the other, uh, but well, headline wise, not size wise, but um, yeah, I was just kind of surprised to see Amos being brought back before the Rumble. That could have just been a part of the Rumble, which makes you wonder. Well, uh, uh, I'm gonna hold that thought because I'm gonna finish it after the main event. Next, Adam Pierce is interviewed with Byron Saxton to promote Raw 30. Pierce says it'll be one of the biggest Monday Night Raws of all time. He then gets interrupted by Akira Tozawa, who says he wants a spot in the Royal Rumble and asks for a qualifying match. Pierce says he can't do that, but if he wins tonight, it'll help his case. We'll follow up on that in a little bit. Alpha Academy versus Judgment Day. Damian Priest and Dominic for this one. Otis uh, you know, the fact that Otis keeps bringing the Caterpillar back has me wondering if Alpha Academy are slowly shifting to be a face team now. Because they do get big reactions. Uh, people, even with him healing it up, people do like Chad Gable. I could see that happening. Yeah, I could see that happening. I guess they might just shift somewhere in between. They're kind of tweener 
can kind of play either way. Um, but I felt like when I was watching this, a lot of times I don't like heel versus heel matches because you're like, who am I rooting for here? But I didn't feel that way. I was like, oh, you're rooting for Alpha Academy as if you have to look at bad guys or good guys. And, you know, I'm not cheering, quote-unquote, for Dominic, but Dominic's one of the highlights of Raw right now with this character that he's doing. It's so hilarious to me. Um, So I guess both have things that you're kind of... uh, that you enjoy as a fan, even though they're kind of both heels. So I was looking at it from that lens of like, well, who is the heel? Who is the face here? And I know what you're going to say, Ryan. It's 2023. Shades of Grey. Fine. The finish saw Chad Gable hit the Chaos Theory on Priest, then lock an ankle lock on Dom. But Priest snuck a South of Heaven choke slam on Gable while the ref wasn't looking and Dom got the pin. All right, next, here's a portion of this week's interview on Out of Character. We played it on this screen a couple times, but I wanted to talk to you about the infamous run down the ramp at WrestleMania 24. You had to, me go. <laughs> you had to have been so tired by the time you got to that ring. I know you're in shape, but man, that was a run. That was a fantastic run. You know how many memes have been made? From that video, it's pretty incredible, especially after the pandemic, uh, people going back to the gym. This is how I am going back to the gym after the pandemic. Um, yeah, I was totally blown up. I was worried the whole time running down that I was going to trip and fall, uh, sort of like our, our friend Titus did for the Rumble. But I stayed on my feet, thank goodness. Uh, but that, that was an incredible moment for me. Yeah, dude, it's got. I feel like besides right? Little Nature Boy, your that run down the ramp is like you said. It's you can't go a week on the internet without seeing that GIF or that video right. used for somebody's meme or joke or whatever. Yes, yes, it's it's pretty cool that people take the time to make a meme out of that. Yeah, I think that's actually very, 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 very humbling. In fact, really, would yeah, I would imagine yeah. so. You know that people would take time of their out of their day to actually do something like that. I feel like you're fans the- are incredible. They'll they'll do all kinds of, of neat things. Well, I mean, you were a fan and you ma- made those sequined signs, so it, it's 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 still continues to this day. Like I I agree. Some of the things you see wrestling fans make, you're just like, man, that is they have so much talent there. Yeah, they do. Um, speaking of, you said making those signs. If you go back to Slambury '96. I think that's the one that was at Tampa Bay. You'll see me. I made a life-size Ric Flair poster, and I was on the front row, and they actually put it on TV. So that was my first time being on TV. I think it was 96, maybe 95, 96 when they were in Tampa Bay. Well, I'm 100% going to go back and find that. Go back and check that out. I want to see that. That's amazing. And that's so awesome because, you know, you're this big fan. It's 96. You got to sign. And what? Three years later after that, or whatever, four, three years later, depending on what year right. it is, you're tagging or wrestling, you know, you're out there with Ric Flair, wearing the robe, doing the whole thing. Yep. Like, I'm someone who gets really excited when someone just kind of, like, makes the decision to go follow their dreams, you know, to go do the thing that would make them happy. And so, to see that you had that quick of a, once, you know, it happened, that you were eventually there with your idol, it's just so cool to me. It is, you know, and I'm, I'm very, very lucky, very, very blessed. Right place, right time. And 
I think one of the main reasons you probably remember Brian Hildebrand, yep. Mark Curtis, um, absolutely a Hall of Famer in my book. Uh, he was sick with cancer, and that's probably the main reason they brought me in is to put me in his place while he was getting his treatments before he came back and was able to work. Dang, yeah. But I wanted to mention Brian because, you know, um, he was such a great guy and we were such good friends. Yeah, RIP for sure. Yeah, that's a that was sad for sure. I remember that when I was younger. Yes. Yeah, but like what you know, before we end here, because we're getting close to the end of the time, and I have a few more quick questions, but I I got past sure. it when we were on the topic earlier. Was there like one thing? Because you said you were selling cars, you were doing all these jobs or whatever, and then eventually you said, Okay, I'm gonna reach out to this this uh, wrestling promotion. Was there something that happened or anything that made you go, you know what? I'm not going to be happy unless I try to get involved in wrestling and you decided to just make the move for it. Well, I got divorced. That'll do it. That'll, that'll do it. <laughs> the first one. <laughs> Truly living that Ric Flair lifestyle over there. That's right. That's right. So, you know, I got divorced and I was a little depressed and I was flipping through the channels and I saw George South and the Italian stallion on TV. And that's, how I discovered that they were in the Charlotte area. So um, that's what it was. Watching 1 a.m. in the morning, uh, local access TV, and I saw those guys, and there was my path. I love it. I love it. Yeah, Carmelo Hayes was on the show yeah. a few weeks ago, and he said the same thing of, like, I got sad over a breakup, and then I was like, yeah. I'm going to make the best version of myself, and that's what I've done ever since, and now I'm here. And I was like, Hell yeah, that's what you like to hear that's in that pretty, situation. That's pretty damn good, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. All right, well, we've reached the end of the show here, but I like to end. What? Well, we got one. So go soon? Well, we got a, what? We've got one more quick I did segment. my hair. <laughs> I did my hair for this. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, we've got, we've got one more segment left. We've got one more segment. Okay. I like to end every episode of the show with a segment that I call... There it is, the finishing move. The finishing move, it was okay. A, we're close enough on the timing there, but uh, you don't have a finishing move, but you have seen finishing moves. You've been on the receiving end of some. Uh, what's the? I know the number one worst because we already talked about it, but what's the second worst move that you've been on the receiving end of? Uh, Powerbomb, Sid Vicious. Ooh. Look it up. When was that? He folded me. It was probably 98. Okay. 99. On YouTube, someone did a video of Charles Robinson gets wrecked. I think that's the title. And his is the worst. He brings me up and down. He even looks at me like, are you alive? <laughs> I mean, it folded me over. That was definitely the worst. I'm pulling it away. Charles Robinson gets wrecked. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, wait, a it's a long, Yeah, it's a compilation. Yeah. yeah. Wait, hold on. Yeah. They put a bunch you in here. Oh, okay. Here's great colleague. <laughs> Just all yeah. compilation of you getting beat up for five <laughs> minutes. That's amazing. I'll find the Sid Vicious I love, one. I love that. I, I love to get bumped, you know. Um, Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, the big spear. Yep. Uh, fantastic, you know. So, I'm just happy that my body's held up all these years and I'm still able to do that. Uh, what's been your favorite finishing move to witness up close? Um, hey, Ric Flair's figure four they never won a match with. 
he'll tell you that. <laughs> and and what's the most memorable finish that you've been in the ring for where you were a referee, not when you were when you were uh, you know in the match? Yes, um, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, um, when Flair retired. I mean, the fact you know, that you I'm, were in the ring I'm for that counting, is insane. I'm, I'm sobbing. You know, I have the snot bubbles and everything down on the mat. Um, that was probably the biggest finish ever. Lastly, here's a portion of the SmackDown Roundup. The show begins with the bloodline arriving to the building as a hyped-up Sami Zayn led the way. Sami went for a Shield-style fist bump with Roman, but Reigns left him hanging and walked away. There'll be much more to come on this topic, so let's just... We'll, we'll, we'll put a pin on that one until until we get further into the show. But what we did have right away that we can digest was the Banger Bros versus Viking Raiders. Michael Cole paid tribute to Jay Briscoe before the match, calling them one of the great tag teams in pro wrestling and saying many on the roster were in mourning. Yeah, this um, this has been a crappy week in the world of pro wrestling. I don't think there's any other way to word it. 38 is just way too damn young. I'm 36 years old, and I couldn't imagine my life being over in two years. You know, I, I've i talked in the past about my brother passing away young, and I've just seen what it does to families. I, I've just seen how people hurt for so long when someone that, you know, when someone so close to them passes away way, way, way too soon. And, you know, obviously everyone's life is equal, but when you have someone who gave so much of their life to entertain others, when that, when that person passes away and you just, you see how much they meant to so many people, what they meant to a community, what they meant to their peers. And it's, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. I've seen so many tributes this week and, you know, I never had any experiences with the guy, but from all accounts, he really seemed to be someone that made a, an impression on the people around him in, in more ways than one. Just really, really sad. Just, just it, it, I've been sad all week about it. You know, I, I've seen so many Briscoe brothers matches and, you know, being a younger brother whose older brother passed away, my all I can do is just think about how much Mark is hurting. And, you know, me and my brother were really close too. We did a lot together. I just can't imagine when you do so much with your older brother, just, just so much. Probably looked up to him and it's just, it's just painful, man. It's just really painful. And so... Um, really classy move of WWE to pay tribute to him, even in a small way like that. You know, he was never a WWE superstar. It's not someone who's ever been on WWE TV. But as you've been able to see this past week on social media, clearly someone who had a lasting effect on the wrestling industry and someone who's going to be just so missed by by just so many people. And I hope, I hope his daughter's end up you know coming out of this okay 
<sighs> All right, moving on from that sad note, we'll talk about this actual match itself. Um, at one point, Drew hit a Michinoku driver on Ivar. Looked damn impressive. Ivar is not a small guy. Uh, and then the finish saw Drew and Sheamus both hit their finishers to get the pinfall. This was exactly what you'd expect from these two teams. A hard-hitting, kick-ass, physical match. You know... <sighs> I was a little surprised at how the finish was basically a clean finish that put the Viking Raiders away when it seemed like a new program was starting between Drew and Sheamus and the Viking Raiders. But still, I guess there's ways to go about continuing that. But it does seem to me like the Banger Bros are the favorites to win this tournament, get another tag team title shot against the Usos. Um, But as for the match itself, I really did like this one. I felt like this whole tournament, you know, the whole, the the matches we saw tonight were all pretty much, I think it was all, yeah, it was all tournament matches for the SmackDown Tag Team title tournament that kicked off. And I actually liked doing the whole first round in the first night. I thought that was a good way of kicking things off. And each match... You know, there weren't really duds per se or anything like that. These matches were pretty kick-ass. You know, Viking Raiders are guys who are hard-hitting. Banger Bros are two guys who are hard-hitting. Two guys, oh, excuse me, four guys who all like to be physical. And that's really what we got here. I liked this match. Good way to kick off the tournament. And like I said, I do think the Banger Bros are the favorites to win this tournament. Next, more of the Sami Zayn drama. Sami approaches Roman and asks if everything is cool between them. Roman says he saw how Sami looked last week and tells him to give it to him straight on how he was feeling. Sami says if he's being honest, he was a little disappointed last week. Oh, I got to sneeze. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sami says if he's being honest... He was a little disappointed last week because he wanted to represent for the family and didn't know the Usos were going to interfere. And then he said, Kevin Owens says I'm being used and for a split second, but then he trails off. He doesn't finish that sentence. Roman Reigns is incensed by this notion, tells Sammy to get out and that this isn't what Sammy's here for every week. And then he gets, then he says, when do I have to ask for when do I have to ask you for your approval? Why don't you go find Kevin Owens or go find your own bloodline and stop using mine? And then Heyman shoes him off. Oh. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. This whole show This whole show was like watching a really cute puppy get yelled at by their owner. And you're like, this poor dog doesn't know any better. He's he's a puppy. He doesn't know that he shouldn't be peeing in the ground right there. You don't have to be that mean to him. But that's that's kind of the vibe I got. And it's the look that Sami Zayn did so well all night. Just those puppy dog eyes uh, being scolded by the mean owner. And Roman is clearly cracking here. The story of Sami Zayn and Roman splitting apart story of Sami Zayn no longer being in the bloodline is 
in is happening rapidly, and it's so sad to watch. Everyone talks about how this is the best storyline in years, and I completely agree. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Before I get out of here, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast feed. If you enjoyed this little taste of the roundups, you'll get full Raw and SmackDown roundups every week. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed and check those out. I put a lot of work into them. So I hope that you're enjoying them. And if you are enjoying them, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I think you can only leave an actual review on Apple Podcasts, but leave a a, a rating on Spotify. Just let people know you like this show, please. I want more people to listen to it. (laughs) Also, make sure that you subscribe to the WWE on Fox YouTube channel. That's where you can find Out of Character every Wednesday on video so go subscribe to the wwe on fox youtube channel there's also clips from ron smackdown there there's clips from out of character there's youtube shorts there's a community tab everything that you would want out of a youtube channel in wrestling is there on the wwe on fox youtube channel so go make sure you subscribe and also follow wwe on fox on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're on all of them, so make sure you are following us there. All right, you go have a great Sunday, and we'll be back Monday, tomorrow, to talk about Monday Night Raw once over.